Mark, aren't we delighted to be back for episode two, which is actually episode three, but is also called episode two because it's the first one that has a guest, but it's actually episode two because the first one was actually called episode zero. And the reason it was called episode zero is episode one was going to have a guest and episode one was meant to have a guest, but then the guests canceled last minute. So then we called it episode zero and the same thing happened for episode one. So now we're on episode two. Welcome to episode two. I'm uh, glad you've made that clear, Sam. Make it easy. On behalf of myself and the audience, thanks for that stunning piece of insightful clarity. And you haven't even mentioned the pilot, because that's messing up with my head that there's another show we've done, but obviously that one's not actually out there. So you mean this is actually episode two that is episode four, but the first one with a guest? Yeah, it's episode two, which is actually the third one that's out there, and it's actually the fourth one that we've done. The music industry is confusing, kids. What can we say? Anyway, (laughs) welcome back to the Healthy Musicians podcast oi oi welcome back to the helping musicians podcast everyone we are delighted to be back sharing all of the exciting delightful fun world of social media web3 music our shiny mark's head is all of the important topics of the past big sam's ego is i mean it's it's the common topics between any conversation that involves the two of us the big the two big hard to fathom because they're so big issues Mm. of the universe how Mm -hmm. shiny is my head and how big Mm -hmm. is your ego Two things that the physicists of the world have not yet managed to quantify. I mean, there are many things unquantifiable about our relationship, young man. Um, So, Mark, I think we should tell our delightful (laughs) listener, and just as ever, delightful listener, you look really good today. Can I just say your eyes look beautiful in this light or non-light if you're listening at night. Um, Shall we we tell them the exciting stuff that's coming up on the show, Mark? What what are you going to be talking about later on? Uh, well, I don't think there's any could be anything more exciting for uh, viewers and listeners of this show than somebody else's face and voice. Hey, yeah, that's your we, cue um, to say something about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just yes, listeners, dear dear listeners, can Come you tell uh, we've been working together for ten years? Yeah. Um you're in for a treat, listener. We have not only one of the loveliest humans that you will ever hear through these beautiful eardrums of yours, and your eardrums are also looking rather handsome, if I do say so myself. Um, but we have some. We have BBC Radio One drum and bass show host, record what? label hang owner. On, hang on, hang on, we hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Huh? Are you perving at the listeners' eardrums? Look, it, I, it's hard not no. to when they look that low ectable. Bearing in mind, um, you you earn a significant mm. amount of your living through mm. making people aesthetically optimum, shall we say? Mm. What what defines so the sound hernia? What what's a bangable eardrum? What what makes what makes some what I mean, makes you think for their eardrums are it's, hot? It's it's all about the shape. It's all about the the, the, the curves the, the curves of the eardrums. The curves of the um, lobe and the and uh, yeah. Smirk I mean, of the guys, eardrum. the smirk of the eardrum. That's a new conscious hip hop lyric waiting there for you guys. If any of you want to take yeah, it, yeah, definitely sounds like a concept album. Radiohead, get on the phone. Um, right, moving <laughs> forward, we do have a guest, Mark, you are correct. We have Charlie T, host of BBC Radio One's Drum and Bass Show, record label owner, and also owner of the title of one of the loveliest people you will ever meet. And I'm not just saying that in a hyper way that everyone in the music industry says nice things about other people. I genuinely, sincerely, hand on heart, say it in court, hand on the Bible, mean it. One of the nicest people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting and working with. 
So she's coming a little bit later and we're going to be transparent with our beautiful listener today that we have already recorded that interview and shockingly some technological bits did go a bit wrong. So we're going to do our chat about some really actionable, fun stuff that they can do right now on social media in the next like five, 10 minutes. Then we're going to segue back into the past, which is actually going to be the future, why Inception, and uh, play the interview before we jump into... Uh, some really big Instagram news, but in your world, just to confuse the listener even more. Today is a confusing yeah. episode for everyone all around. I'm going to jump straight into it, Mark. I'm going to give them some hard truths, some hard things. Um, I'm feeling really innuendo-y today. My cheeks are like, yeah, <laughs> like raising it even you, saying... You, I think you just said you're going to give the listener something hard. I, <laughs> As I told you, he's never known for being humble, people. Listener, here's something you got to do. you got to stop having different social media handles on all the different platforms, all right? And that is for one very simple reason. If you are getting to a point where you are getting any kind of coverage, whether that's radio play, whether that's blogs writing about you, whether that's your mate shouting about you on social media, Mark is waving at me. What are you saying, Mark? Don't we have different social media handles? For the podcast? Yeah. Yes, but you've, thank you for segueing me onto a very good point. No, 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 no. Bear with. Not as happy... Uh, I was about to say hypochondriac, as you might think. Hypocritical, as you might think. Not as hypocritical <laughs> as you might think. We, um, the point, okay. there's, two, there's, two, there's two layers to this point. In a dream world, you do have okay. the exact same easy to understand social media handle on all platforms, right? So it's easy to find you no matter what mm -hmm. platform you go on. The second part yes. of that is most people, when they go to tag you or at you, when they're writing a tweet or they're writing an Instagram caption or whatever, they're going to type at and then start writing what they remember your name as, right? So for Mark, they're going to go at Mark and hopefully the autocorrect is going to fill it out for me, Sam, for the podcast. Hopefully people are going to have the common sense to go at helping pod or something to that degree. And then the autocomplete of all of those social media platforms is going to fill it in. And this is my entire point. So for us, very good point. The podcast is Helping Musicians Pod or Helping Music Pod on all the platforms. We tried to get it consistent. We couldn't get it on every single platform. So if on these platforms, anyone goes in to start typing at Helping Music, there is a very good chance that the autocomplete of any of those uh, social media platforms is going to complete it. And then the person that's trying to tag us will be able to do so. And that's what we want musicians to be able to do. So... The point we're talking about here is, you know, a lot of things we've already talked about in the show is helping you get more coverage or helping you get more love. This is about making sure you don't miss out on love or coverage or potential fans or followers that you might already be potentially given and you're like throwing them away. Um, so, you know, I've experienced this with a few of the accounts that I run, like going, like we've already got a cool piece of content or an artist, of an artist or someone has said, can you shout about this? And we're like, yeah, that's fucking great. Let's do it. And then we've gone to try and tag them on social media. We literally can't find them. And you've got to have someone that's really, really passionate about you or what you do to spend five, 10 minutes searching every possible, you know, potential way you might spell your name or where you might live on these social media platforms. You know what that is, Mark? That's making it easy. Um, hmm. What you're saying is, one of the best ways to get promotion of your music without having to actually do that much energy is to create an environment where as many of the people who want to shout about you naturally are able to mm. shout about you naturally. And mm. one of the best ways to make sure that happens is to have the same handle across all socials, which some might say is effing obvious. The tweak, the nuances, yes, sometimes it is difficult to get the same handle on everything as we have found ourselves, put the effort into making your handles as close as possible to the same 
across all platforms. And that will make it easy for others to find you. And then when a radio DJ or a journalist or just a fan wants to shout about you, they do shout about you rather than not shouting because they can't find you or shouting about someone else because they actually tag somebody else accidentally. Yeah, or even worse, if someone still posts your song or posts your content, like your music video or whatever, but then they can't link to you. So someone might go, I love the song, but then they're not going to follow you. They're not going to interact with any more of your stuff. You've lost that potential fan. Yeah, so that's the not done bit. Yeah, and part of it as well. Then you potentially go from turning someone into a fan to someone that's almost annoyed because you just wasted like 45 of their seconds and now they can't find you. Like It's very, people are fickle on the internet, Mark. So you don't want to... Yeah. So I think underneath your precise insight of, in case it's not obvious to you, really is helpful if you can have the same handle across all platforms. Mm -hmm. If you can't really try and make it as close as possible, is this Mm -hmm. bigger principle of one of the most efficient ways of getting promo of your music without you having to do that much energy yourself is to make it easy for other people to promote you. Literally. I mean, that's almost the why we spend so much time talking about building, you know, super fans. That's why theories like thousand fans theory exists. It's like make the people that are already gassed about you become even more gassed about you. And then you've got that core community there. I just want to make a nice little segue from that point to kind of a B point, but it's very, very loosely linked, which is if what we just talked about is having the same handle across all platforms, something before that is be on all platforms. You know, the amount of times we've like, as a, someone that runs a lot of social media accounts and has helped people run a lot of social media accounts. A lot of the time, social media managers are so busy, they're copying and pasting literally the same text from the Instagram caption to Twitter or vice versa across all different platforms. So that's why you should have the same handle. But if you're not on there at all, you've lost out again on that free promo. And something that they'll often say, I mean, you've spoken about this, Mark, is the, well, I haven't got time to run all of these accounts. Again, we get it. We have empathy yeah. for that. But like Twitter is the best example of it. You could literally just have a Twitter account Make sure you've got the same handle, make sure you've got the same picture, make sure your bio explains who you are and make sure your link goes to your Spotify or wherever you're trying to drive them. And then all you have to do once every five days, 10 days, take your pick, go in, look at your notifications, retweet, like maybe do a few responses if you've got five or 10 minutes just to keep people engaged. Took very little and you've gained at the very least some respect from the journalists who have written about you and showed you yeah. some love. And if nothing else, you've continued to... Um, I mean, that almost becomes a platform right. to just show other people how much they love, how many people love you. And that's, that's just great. It's proof. Proof people love you. So that's another, you've just given us another precise example of a small target amount of time releasing energy from other people. So if you're not able to do 20 minutes a day on a Twitter account, mm-hmm. just do 20 minutes a week having it set up so other people can promote you on Twitter, yeah. releasing that energy about you from others. Yeah. I've got a devil's advocate question about having handles that are very, very close because you can't get exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Is there a case if you've got handles that are different because you've got no choice, but they're very, very close, people get confused by that and they don't pick up on the subtleties of the one or two different digits. And actually, it's better to have quite distinctive different ones so that people can understand they're different. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's a good question. This is very much an opinion. I would say as someone that has to write hundreds of pieces of social media copy a week, what most people will do, this is something I do, and I know for a fact other significant people that run significant social media accounts do this, they are writing their copy once for whatever their main platform is. So, you know, for a lot of organizations, media entities, that will be Instagram still, maybe TikTok. They're writing that copy. They're then copy and pasting it into the other platform. So Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whichever one they didn't do the first time. They're then, the only thing they're yep. doing 
is clicking on the handle in their uh, like compose tweet or compose post thing and letting the autocorrect do its job. And then that's why we talked about what we did a few minutes ago. The autocorrect should do its job. But if you think that people are then going to spend the time to go, the autocorrect didn't guide me there. Let me think of all the other ways that it could be presented. You know, there might be super fans. I really hope you as a listener have super fans that are willing to do that. That's great. That means you built some really passionate fans already. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to lose people and you're going to lose out potential love and press. Um, you know, people that do do this, here's a good example. There's quite a few musicians that are on stuff like OnlyFans or on paywall sites, not just doing the thing that OnlyFans is necessarily associated with, but different communities that they're trying to build for whatever different reasons it might be. They have different handles then, even though it's the same person and they might cross promote them. But that's when you're being very consciously separating your audiences and separating your platforms. I think for most musicians, yeah. especially at the start of their career, they're not trying to do that. They are trying to build as much hype, as much love, and as much followers on all of the platforms that they deem important. Um, at which point, yeah, make it easy, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, I confess, that is, there hasn't been any um, breaking social media news since we last uh, recorded one of these episodes. That is more from my personal experience, but I do think there's a lot to gain from not very little work, what we just spoke about. Do you want to do a summary of all three points? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's really simple. I think it's, Make sure you are on all the main social media platforms because it's easy. It doesn't cost anything. Make sure that your handle is either exactly the same. And by the way, if you're wondering handle, we just mean your name on social media, your at, whatever your name is. Make sure your handle, your username is exactly the same if possible. If not, make sure it starts the same and is as close as possible. So when people are being lazy and letting autocorrect do the work, it fills it in. Stroke the computer is smart enough to work it out. And then third and finally, if you haven't got the time, to be spending lots of time on every platform every day do the bare minimum and just set religious time once a week to do it twitter being the best example so many musicians in 2022 do not use twitter it seems a bit old school make the account make it clear that you're a musician once a week or so go on and retweet all the love maybe say some thank yous back nice and easy so if i've been paying attention to you and it's hard Mm, with such a beautiful face to not get distracted if you're a musician at the start of your career and there's, say, 10 people out there, bloggers, introducing DHs, etc., who've heard your tune and want to talk about it. One of the most efficient ways you can release energy and get your music promoted without you having to spend mind-numbing amounts of time on social media is to make mm-hmm. sure you're on all platforms, even if it's only so you can share and retweet love other people are giving you. Ideally, have the same handle on everything. And if that's not possible have as similar as possible handles on everything. And those three things together might mean eight or nine of those 10 people send butterfly effects of promotional energy and vibes into the universe. Whereas it might be only one or two, even though all 10 like you, if you're not on all platforms or you've got counterintuitive handles. Correct. And there's just one thing I'd add there, another kind of half point that was within this conversation is if you can't get the exact same handle on all platforms, make sure it starts the same because most people are going to go, at Sam, at Mark, their brain is going to just use common sense. So again, all falls back on our That's one of the most important points you made at the end. There's a real, Mm. real pre... Sacrifice the end of the handle to be distinctive, not the start. So Sam Naherny, 69, (laughs) rather than Damn Naherny. (laughs) That's my drag name. Monthly Saturdays at the Bodega. You know me. Cool. That is a fair summary. And as we, uh, 
as we've said, really easy. Don't think it takes much work, but yeah, you're right. Butterfly effects could just help. That could doing something as simple as that could be the thing that helps someone say something nice, which leads to a moment that changes your life. We're not promising yeah. it's going to, but it could be the thing that does that. It, it you know it reminds me of a cousin of it feels like a cousin of one of our one liners is there's there's not much you can do about what people think of your music. Your job is to make sure they hear it, and at that point, yeah. So kind of it feels like one of the social media relative of that is okay. You're not up for spending much time on social media promoting your music, but at least create an environment in which other people can promote your music on social media. Yeah, exactly. Um, and That's I think like the, the minimum point, in 2022. Yeah, and I'd argue because of stuff like TikTok and the way that social media has changed, like it, you know, the whole A and R thing, like how it used to be, like it's always been cool to go. I was there at the start, right? People love doing that. Like social media mm. has made that even more so that if you are a remotely cool artist or an artist that anyone thinks is going to be big, they want to shout about you because it makes them look cool if you do get big. So it happens more so than it yeah. ever has done before. Um, and then buy the NFT, so you also get rich when they get big. Little pre-sell for later there, boys Segway and girls. there, yeah. And speaking of segways, Mark, um, I think it's uh -huh. time to be transparent with our listener in the way that we always are. Be honest, because, you know, mm -hmm. we want to build that relationship with them. And say that we're about to call our guests up very shortly. We can't. It's hard with your beautiful uh -huh. eyes and earlobes. Um, we are going to go to our guests very shortly. We did record this a few days ago. And... Travel Lodge Wi-Fi, guys. Breaking news, just in case you were wondering. Not the strongest Wi-Fi in the world. That is... No, definitely pushing the definition of uh, fast broadband. Wi-Fi. <laughs> just Wi-Fi for stuff. Maybe fast <laughs> dial-up. Just about. So um, what we are prefacing here, gang, is Mark, bless his little cotton socks, was on the call, but he was looking like a bit of a loner third wheel, and it's basically me and Charlie having a bit of a love fest and getting you guys some beautiful insights whilst Mark cries in the corner because his Wi-Fi shit. So, uh, strangely watches you two. Sharon Lovin. She'll give her a call. Let's do it. Ring, ring. Right, Dream Team, we are very blessed today. We have our first guest on the Helping Musicians podcast, and... You know, this is an exciting one, Mark. And if you're a dear listener right now, this is equally exciting for you because not only do we have a, ho a guest who is on BBC Radio 1, not only do we have a record label owner, but probably owner of the accolade of the nicest person I've ever met in the music industry as well. We have Charlie T joining us on the Healthy Musicians podcast. Hey, Charlie. Hey, mate. Oh, my God, I'm actually going red. You're actually making me blush. I wasn't expecting that coming on. <laughs> Thank well, you. What a kind genuinely, intro. to expand on that intro, you don't actually know this, Charlie, but when we met, which was at the very beginning of this year and when we first started working together, um, I was like, it was a rough part of my career. And you were one of like these lovely kind of people that just came out with like sunshine. Ironically, we met in a snowy mountain somewhere. Um, yeah. But you did come out with all of this joy, all of this sunshine, and you kind of, yeah, you made you made me excited to kind of keep hustling and keep getting on. And obviously, I then was very lucky to have a very blessed summer, and you were a very big part of that. So, thank you. But I also oh, wanted to justify the big up. It's not just you know vain words. I really genuinely do mean them. Um, Wait, don't. I've, I've, I've so, had no sleep this weekend. I'm feeling a. Yeah, you're actually making me a bit emotional. <laughs> I haven't had much sleep this weekend, oh, so bless. I wasn't expecting that. That's very kind. Very kind. Well, no happy to help. Good. Well, we have a commitment as well, Charlie, and that commitment is on the Helping Musicians podcast. 
we get straight to it in terms of trying to help the musicians. You know, we could talk about how amazing you are, and I would love to do that because we could probably fill an entire show with it, and that is not over the Please top. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to ask you straight up, as someone that works with musicians in many ways, whether it's playing them out on the radio, whether it's playing them as a DJ, whether it's having them on your label, what are the kind of top things that, and this can work both ways, the things you'd see that you're like, that's great, that's inspiring, do more of that, or the common mistakes that you mm-hmm. see people making, you like, stop doing that because that's really harming you. What are kind of the main things you're seeing at the minute? So firstly, I would say from a radio perspective, if you are a new musician looking to get your music played on the radio and you are sending it to people to play on the radio, I have three top tips for that alone. Number one, never, ever send a Wii transfer file. There is nothing worse than making someone download your music when they don't know who you are, what you're about. It just, I, I don't even bother. I don't, I just leave it because I'm like, I can't even preview it. It's probably not, it might not be great. So I don't do it. So that's tip number one, send a Dropbox link where people can preview it or a private SoundCloud SoundCloud link with a downloadable link. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, send it to people that actually play the type of music you make. The amount <laughs> of hip hop, dancehall, and R&B tracks I get sent, and I'm like, I play electronic dance music. I play none of these <laughs> genres. You've also just annoyed me a little bit. Love your show, <laughs> really. <laughs> Love your show. Here's some music for your show. Click on it. Right, well, that's mm. not even what I play. Um, yeah, there my what's what's the, there was a third one on there as well. I can't remember what oh. it was. Oh, be be nice in your in your message. Oh. Don't just send a link or or like. I'd really appreciate if you could play my music. Just be like, hey, my name's so and so. I do this. I play this kind of music. Hope you like the promo. Or where would you like me to send your promo? If you're going to DM me on Instagram. The promo emails are in my bio. It's nice and easy. Nice and easy for everyone. There's two promo emails on there. So yeah, three tips for radio. There you go. Love that. I'm going to quickly jump on that, Charlie. One of the issues musicians often tell us they face is, you know, when they're trying to get the music to someone, especially radio DJs or people that can play it out in different ways, Mm -hmm. is they're trying to find that balance between doing what you want them to do. So it sounds like a good example there is you've got a promo email, send it to me in an easy way to listen to it and download it through the promo email that sounds like your preferred way of doing it but then some musicians struggle with this is it kind of respectful hustling if they then dm you going hey mate loved your show sent you this track on your email just so you know i'm sure you you know if they like show that they're a a nice person like you were just saying and be almost kind of understand they actually know what kind of music you play do you respect that or is it you know being direct is it still equally annoying because you've got hundreds of tracks to go through in that email do you know i think it it it's so hard like there is no one way to get music to me like because I'll have a week when I go through loads of tunes like literally hundreds and I have other weeks when I am inundated with other stuff I can only go through as much music as I can go through um I would say for new musicians coming up it doesn't hurt particularly electronic music if you are somebody who has a residency at a club and you are meeting people face to face personal relationships and networking are such a big factor in this industry because when you can put a face to somebody and you know them, you have a personal relationship with them, you're more likely to connect with them. I'm not saying I only play music of people that I know and meet. I play so much music from so many artists who I've never met and never spoken to in real life before. But it doesn't hurt, for sure. And 
you know, if you're somebody that's making music and you want to be an artist that is performing out and performing live shows, you're going to have to do that at some point anyway. So it doesn't hurt to have that 360 package of being able to DJ out and having a residency and also having another string to your bow or, you know, being, <clears throat> being on a, on a label where they can push the record for you as well really helps. But if you are, obviously that's, that's jumping the gun a bit. If you're an artist that is just starting to make music, <laughs> you know um yeah those sorts of things help like if I meet a re I've met so many residents DJing in clubs where I've been playing that have sent me music and that's been a great way to get music to me um and I've played mm. quite a lot of it on the radio already but yeah personal con personal connections really help it's hard because obviously not everyone can do that I'm just trying to yeah it's, it is it is a minefield obviously there that's the advice that I give to people I know that doesn't always work every time yeah um i try and get through as much music as i can a thought a thought that's come to mind is if what you've kind of done is like a greatest hits of ways you can do it and like what you might call some ground rules that are kind of mutually agreed and like shared as being good across you know different djs um what's either something you've experienced or you've seen kind of around you in like the world you operate in as one of the more creative ways to get music to you so not just sending the email you know we worked with an artist a, a long time ago who uh, literally at a panel event where a radio DJ he wanted to be played by was at, gave the radio DJ a sandwich with a USB stick in. No exaggeration, a sandwich with his no track way. on the USB stick That's in. Jokes. Um, so it's crazy, ridiculous. Yeah. Don't eat USB sticks, kids. Yeah. Um, but anything, anything like that that you've seen? No, I mean, I should probably note as well, I am not allowed to accept bribes. I have to put that out plainly there. Please don't send me free stuff because I will get into a lot of trouble and or fired. So please don't do that to me. Sandwich is probably different. It's quite funny. But do not send me gifts, please. As much as I would like them, I will get fired. Um, yeah, no, I a really good way to kind of create hype around yourself as an artist, particularly in the drum and bass sphere, is if you create a bootleg that pops off like that, you know, I hate to use the bloody T word, but TikTok, it is really, <laughs> it is, it's making stars at the moment. And if you're an upcoming artist, if you're somebody that can spread your music using TikTok, that's pretty essential these days. I mean, it's not, it's not obviously essential. I don't mean that way, but as in, you can do a lot using your social media platforms as well. And I think, yeah, there's so many creative ways. Ludes, a prime example of somebody who has used social media in a really creative and fun and silly way um, where he literally just took random samples of silly tracks like Down Under, top 10 in the UK. He created that as a joke. He literally made it on TikTok. <laughs> He's like, oh, this sound like it's a drum bass track. And it was at first he was doing all these silly poses to it, like made a montage of him just, just literally walking around his flat pulling silly faces and it became mm. viral. And off the back of that, it ended up getting signed. So an example of, wow. you know, some, being creative and utilizing a platform to engage with people in a fun and creative way, kind of, yeah, I don't know if it, I, do you know, I've, I've spoke to him and I haven't actually asked him if that was all purposeful or if that's <laughs> a happy accident. I need to really, but um, it's genius. We, um, we often talk about how one of the best things about social media, you know, 2022 is personality connects even more than it arguably ever has. You know, we went through this Instagram yeah. phase of everything being super slick and like overproduced. And now all those buzzwords that go around like authenticity or connection and mm -hmm. the wanky words that agencies will use, but that they're true. People just want to connect with real people now. Um, yeah. So something how I've, that's made me think of a question. How are you, and this isn't necessarily just for the radio, just you as someone that loves music and especially loves certain genres mm -hmm. of music, how are you finding new artists right now? Is there a main way, other than it being directly sent to you, 
when you go mm-hmm. to find new artists, how are you finding them? It's a really good question. Um, a lot of new artists kind of, I'm really lucky, a lot of them kind of come to me in semi-promos. Mm. Um, I do spend a lot of time, I hate to say the word, on TikTok as well <laughs> nowadays. Um, yeah. A Little Sound's really good at pushing new artists and I follow her and she shares a lot of music. There's loads of also independent TikTok accounts that share a lot of upcoming artists that have got massive followings. Mm. And they'll share all the latest tracks that they're into or they've been sent. Um, but yeah, a lot of promos, I'm really lucky. I do get sent myself now, but I, yeah, I guess mm. I'm also, I also, I think bootlegs are also a really good way to find new artists, particularly in drum bass at the moment, because for a lot of artists making bootlegs or edits is how people get into production. Because when you don't have yeah. the money to pay a singer to record a vocal, or maybe you don't have enough <laughs> money to buy sample packs, yeah. the easiest thing you can do is take a track that's already out there and just take a vocal and just dry and then just create something with it. Um, So yeah, so I very often, I'll go onto SoundCloud and just type like hashtag DMB, hashtag bootleg and go on there. And I found quite a few new artists that started making bootlegs and then I've gone to their Instagram page off the back of it and now they're making tracks and they've got releases out. So for me personally, Mm -hmm. yeah, edits are a really good way to find upcoming producers as well. Um, There's an edit I played at Warehouse Project of the Weekend. The person doesn't even have an Instagram account like I can't even find them but the edit's sick and they're such a good producer I don't know who they are but um wow. they're called Scave but I couldn't find them so yeah um yeah if there's a multitude there, of different ways like yeah if you're out there hit me up um <laughs> so yeah like yeah I guess like a mixture of SoundCloud TikTok Instagram promos emails obviously lots of labels sending me promos anyways lots of exciting new upcoming labels as well and not just in drum bass like all of electronic music like those kind of tips kind of span across the board all of the genres like same with boot, house bootlegs or house edits and also if you're an up-and-coming producer if you do an edit of quite a popular tune very often if i'm playing out festivals in the summer if there's a tune i love i'll go to soundcloud and look for an edit of it see if there's one that i can play out and that's a like that's a really good way to get yourself known if you're upcoming you're like oh yeah. people will be searching for stuff to play at festivals and if you make a banger of like i don't know like baddest of them all for example, by Eliza Rose, then people are more likely yep. to find you. I'm not saying everyone obviously do that, but yeah. No, we, we've talked about it. It's a really good strategy. Obviously, you have to know that you're willing to put make that a part of your brand and your strategy, but it's almost the electronic music version of covers to some degree of like using someone else's brand to just help you get to the next bit where you can totally. really focus on your own stuff. Um, and we've, mm-hmm. um, TikTok, we, we talked about this on the last episode actually, in terms of TikTok search features gotten really good recently to the point that, you know, even if you can just roughly remember like a lyric to a song or like one line from a song, you can now search that on TikTok and it will normally work out what the song is, even if it isn't like a lyric video or something, it will like process the words in an audio no file way. and then it will do all that kind of crazy tech. But what it means is like taking Badass of them all as an example before it was like, you know, in the charts and stuff, when it was being played on the club circuits, if someone heard that and wanted to know more about it, if they could just remember, I don't know, you want to dance baby or similar generic words like that and search them on TikTok, there is a decent chance that TikTok will now feed it. So as a both a music discovery platform just for people that love music, but also people taking on your point who want to do bootlegs. Yeah, if you can just work out what you think's about to bang over the summer, like the things that are creeping yeah. up and just, there's there's almost probably a social experiment in that of like, as an upcoming producer, could you spend one summer every week just making bootlegs of the five songs that have just entered the top 40 or something and just keep doing bootlegs yeah, and bootlegs until like it finally connects? Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question whilst you've got your label head on, which is okay. what 
this is probably something that, you know, I think it's fair to say producers that if a classic question that start the career is, I need a manager, I need a label, I need this, I need that. Everyone instantly thinks, oh, I need that. Obviously, we always say to them, get good first, like get the app, put the mm-hmm. hours in, play your shows, refine your craft, all that kind of stuff. But we, uh, on the show, we're very much working on the assumption that the people taking this advice are already good. They've already put the hours in, they've already made the songs good enough. They now just need that kind of next step in their career or industry-wise. So is there any tips from you as someone that's when you're looking to either sign things, release things, or just even interact with them and kind of make them a part of your community? Is there anything that, what's like, we start with top tips essentially for radio at the start of this chat. What's kind of your equivalent for top tips for interacting with the world of Charlie's label? So what I look for when I'm signing records to the label or just looking for tracks for, I, I guess it kind of goes, it kind of goes for both like radio and the label. I like to look for things that are unique, um, but also kind of very high energy. I mean, it's label specific for me personally. I want tracks that really make me feel something. And that doesn't mean just like, it has to be emotional. Like I want to, if it's a really hard thumping kind of techno track, I want it to make me go, Oh, I want goosebumps. I want emotion. I want to feel riotous or angry or like whatever track I listen to. I want it. Yeah. I want to feel something from it. Um, every label's different. Uh, a lot of the artists that I've supported so far have been like upcoming um, or smaller artists. Um, for lots of bigger labels, I know for a fact now um, that they look at your streaming numbers, so your Spotify streaming numbers, how you brand and market yourself on your socials. You don't necessarily have to have the biggest following in the world, but if your interaction within the amount of followers you've got is good, i.e. if you've got, I don't know, 5,000 followers, but you have a couple of hundred likes on each whatever as long as your interaction i think it's like five cents good i don't i don't know what the numbers are Mm -hmm. but yeah just i think they just want to see that you are taking yourself seriously so my piece of advice to people coming through would be if you are an artist and you're serious about it start thinking about how you present yourself on your social media like think about your branding and when i say branding i don't mean logos i mean you as a brand what are you as an artist what do you want to be known for what do you want to represent that doesn't just mean your music that can be i don't know i'm really i'm an artist but i'm also really passionate about the environment and climate change um I personally don't post any personal things on my Instagram every now and again. I might put a story up of my mum, my sisters maybe, but in my grid, it is everything to do with music and radio and my label and my job. And essentially I spoke to Harriet Jackson about this recently. She gave a really great kind of one liner about it. Like Instagram or social media is your shop front. Essentially, if you're standing in front of a shop and you're looking into it and you're window shopping, that's what you want people to see. And I thought it was brilliant. I was like, that's so true. Yeah. In Instagram and all your social media grids are your shop front. It's like getting people to invest into you. And that's, that's yeah. imagine if people are looking at it in that way and objectively, what do you want them to see and what do you want to be known for and really think about what you're portraying and what you're projecting out there. Yeah. Um, so as sad as it is, probably no pictures of like your dog and your nan and family <laughs> Christmas. And don't get me wrong, keep that stuff for the stories. That stuff's great in the stories. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think just really think about if you were a consumer of your music, what would you want to see? Mm. Um, I think about well, it I in think, that way. I think you raise a good point in terms of, uh, we often get asked the question as musicians, again, especially starting out, should I make a new 
so let's use Instagram and TikTok as an example. Should I make accounts specifically for my music and then have a personal one? Because we've we've heard people with all sorts of different opinions on this. So my opinion mm. is, my opinion is you should only have one, and then you should only you should focus it on your work and your creative stuff. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Don't expect some people to follow two accounts because people have short attention spans, but yeah. also if you're trying to brand yourself as a professional creative, make that very the very clear purpose of the account. Do you have any, yeah. like, what's the one-liner opinion of yours in terms of two accounts, one account, one focused account? So I have two accounts. A lot of people obviously don't know this, but I have a personal <laughs> account, a private, yeah. a private personal account. Whoa. So try and find me if you want, but you can't. Um, <laughs> and then obviously my main one, which is my charity DJ one. And to be honest, I barely use my personal account. It really is just there. It's kind of every now and again, upload pictures on holiday, like with yeah. my family and my boyfriend. And yeah, it's it really is just kind of for that. It is personal. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, my advice would be, particularly for you an artist, if you make it big, do you really want someone looking into your private life in depth in that way? Like it may not be a big thing now, but for me personally, yeah, yeah it was something I thought about early on. And also the people in your life, if you do get really big, do they want people to know about their lives and do they want people prying in? And, you know, I, I really thought about it earlier on because I was like, well, if I get to where I really want to go in my career, I don't want to also expose those around me who haven't made a choice to work in this sector it's not really fair to them either they they don't work in yeah. musical media or on the radio or in the public eye so it's not a choice that yeah. they've made and a lot of people I share on my page you'll notice on my grid are other DJs are people that are already very much as a very yeah. much active on social media so they've made that decision already so yeah I think that's quite important to think about as well I, I think that's a very fair point actually and I confess as someone that knows you reasonably well, I didn't know you had that account. So you have done a very good job of keeping the go. two different as, you know, in the in the <laughs> public. Well, because jokes aside, like some people go, oh, I'm making a private account. And then it's the same name, but like, you know, with a number over it. And it's like, you haven't yeah. really made enough of a distinction there for people to process that subconsciously. Yeah. Um, and I would say as well, like with, with your personal account, like I don't spend ages editing everything. My personal account is literally just raw photos and the crappest captions because it's not... It's not there to be viewed and for people to, I'm not, you know, what's the, what's the right word here without offending people? <laughs> I'm not, look, I'm kind of not looking for, I'm not, not saying that I'm looking for attention on my other one, but I'm, it's, it's kind of just living there. And I'm, yeah, I think the whole point is you're right in saying you should focus on your professional one. And, and if you have a private one, it should just be for fun and for your family and friends and to share those yeah. things. And it shouldn't, yeah, definitely put your focus, your time and energy into your brand and and what you're doing you're almost treating the private account like people used to treat facebook like that is just for friends family all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah good, old, totally. good old facebook good old facebook well good old facey b well charlie i think there's genuinely one of the things we try and do on the show is get to that value quickly but also we are well aware that not everyone's going to listen to the full show but people do engage with short clips on tiktok and so we've been talking about yes. this so i think already you've given us gosh eight nine ten incredible like succinct brilliant pieces of value it's almost as if you're a professional broadcaster um so thank you for that <laughs> <Almost>. really <laughs> i appreciate i appreciate it so we do like to round this up just as people that are all incredibly passionate about new music and just ask you what's your favorite new tune that you've been loving recently and what is it about you love so much do you know, I get asked this all the time and it's genuinely asking a parent who their favourite child is. Like, it's really n not okay. And it's hard. Um, it's really difficult. <laughs> I think because I... <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I love so many different genres. It's really hard. I'm probably I probably should pick a drum bass track as the host of the radio and drum bass show, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> let's go with. Oh, do I want to go dance floor? Do I want to go soul? Do I want to go dirty? Let's pick a track that went off at Warehouse Project when I played it on Friday. Let's go for that one. Let's go for Gino's bootleg of Never Let You Go by Tina Moore. It's very oh. good. I had to think then, because it's not actually labelled on there. He, just, he hasn't put Tina Moore Let You Go. And I had to reach back into my brain and look at my record collection because I remember what the record, the original, looks like <laughs> on the actual nice. front of it. Yeah, there you go. And it's a banger. Go check it. Awesome. Other than the fact it got you lots of uh, vibes when you dropped it at Warehouse Project, what is it about it that you love? Um, it's a dub and it isn't anywhere. So you have to go to my Instagram <laughs> to watch the video to hear it, basically. <laughs> She's done this before. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, well, um, that will almost definitely become a clip, and we'll uh, we'll link to your video of it going <laughs> off. So you know, win win for everyone involved. Um, obviously, you. go and check out Charlie on the many social networks that you can find her at. You have a very obvious name on socials as well, Charlie. One of the things we talk about a lot is uh, people coming up with accounts, and then it's not being easy to find them because they have weird nicknames and stuff. Charlie T, if you search that on all of your socials, will be nice and easy to find. Uh, yes. And we'll just wrap this up by saying, is there anything we haven't spoken about, Charlie, that you think a musician in 2022 needs to know, needs to do, or any final Ooh. pieces of advice? You, yes, I would say it's a marathon, not a sprint. So if you get no's at the beginning, don't expect to always be a no. And try, and it's very hard because music obviously is very personal when you're writing from your soul a lot of the time. And when you're DJ, you're giving a piece of yourself, particularly in broadcasting. Don't take things personally or try not to because people around you, as long as they're good people and good radio stations and labels, they are honestly just trying to get the best out of you. They're not trying to be mean to you. Um, so yeah, try and take advice on board and try not to take things personally. And um, yeah, everything's a learning experience. The more you have that perspective on it, rather than it's a no, just think of it as a lesson learned. And once you get that mindset, I promise it will benefit you a lot. And don't use WeTransfer. And don't use WeTransfer. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for all your wisdom, Charlie. We'll uh, make sure to link everywhere in the, in the description below. Peace out. Thank you very much for your Thank time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, Mark, I feel a bit. I'm kind of equally hyped, gassed, thought-provoked, and, and sad because now I'm stuck with you again. Um, and you're actually quite back a downgrade. In it's quite um, a downgrade. You I know, know, a lovely human, a very knowledgeable human, a very talented human, and then you. So I guess we should uh, we should probably let you actually say something now, And as, as heartbreaking as this is for me to do. Um, and actually, I might be interested this time because uh, you've told me a little, little inside scoop <laughs> that you might be talking, even in your bit, about Web3 and NFTs and this crazy new world we're going into about Instagram. How is this for Sam Mahoney catnip? The biggest story in Web3 is an Instagram story. Certainly the biggest story in NFTs. Or maybe I should rephrase that, the biggest positive story, because actually there's been some quite <laughs> not yeah. so positive stories in the world of Web3, certainly the crypto part of it. But the biggest yeah. positive story, not just now, but it's, I think it's gonna be one of the biggest ones of, of 2022, is the yeah. news that the 1.5 billion user Instagram is properly, properly showing the love to the world of NFTs. So I think we want to talk about that today. Mm -hmm. um, Let's do it. I think we want to give a little bit of context as well, because uh, 
We talk a lot about how social media on this show is often stuff that you could do straight away, whereas the Web3 Disco NFT Discoverse stuff is maybe stuff that's more medium and long-term. And today they have uh, collided into each other and had a big snog. And it's kind of short, medium, and long-term all together across Web3 and across socials. I think you've had this a couple of times as well. When we bumped into people who've seen the show, they're like, why are you talking about music tech so much? And part of the answer to that is, because of the medium and long-term stuff, and we're looking to try and help artists at the start of their career, so this is going to be important in a few years' time. But sometimes it's also important right now. And actually, do you know what? Technology is always... We've done the Thomas Edison drop the first dub plate thing, but even just from an instrument perspective, technology has always been a huge part of the evolution of music. I mean, what do you think the journey from bagpipes to a laptop is? That is tech, literally impacting how you make music. Then there's our classic tale of, you know, the way music is stored or shared. So... What, when was the Edison thing? I think it was like the 1880s, maybe 1870s. He made the phonograph thing and then vinyl comes out or goes big after World War II. Cassettes into CDs, downloads, early 2000s. Streaming starts to get big uh, 10 or so years later. Technology is intertwined into the DNA of the evolution of music, both the creation of music, bagpipes to laptops, and the storing and sharing and playing of music, Edison to Spotify. And we've talked about a few times on other things. I'm not sure how much detail we've gone into it yet on the Helping Musicians podcast. Within this Web3 disco NFT verse that we keep talking about and its impact on musicians, we can see these four big areas that are going to be relevant to musicians. The only question is the timescale. You've got the digital merch, of which NFTs are arguably the most famous and we are going to focus on today. You've got digital ownership, opening up these new worlds where your mum and your fans can buy into your music rather than having to sell your soul to a record label still sell your soul if you want, but you're going to have options. We've got the digital community side of things, which are going to be 21st century fan clubs. And we've talked about all sorts of analogs there from the old school band fan clubs through to German football clubs and how they're half owned by the local community. And the final bit is payments, digital payments, and how this world is going to open up all these creative, unique ways of basically doing cool tips. Somewhere between cool tips and the old school, you know, $20 in the belly dancers bra kind of vibes. So today, and recently in the last few days, there's been this huge news about Instagram going all in on FTs. So that's really significant from the digital merch perspective. It's really significant from the digital payments perspective. For a little bit of context, I think everyone knows Instagram is big. It is one of, if not the biggest social media platforms in the world, depending on how you qualify. Mm-hmm. Roughly speaking, Facebook is Facebook, Facebook is actually the biggest, biggest. TikTok is the fastest growing. And then Instagram has about 500 million daily active users, and it's about 1.5 billion monthly. And within that, there's 200 million businesses. Anyone on Instagram is going to be able to create, buy, and sell NFTs via Instagram. Anyone. Wow. That's an immediate... uh, Charlie was talking about seeing your socials as your shop front. Well, Mm. that creates a digital shopping mall with like a fifth of the planet's population in that shopping center. And you are there able to not just sell. The initial test they were doing allowed them to sell NFTs that already existed. Now you're going to be able to create, buy, and sell. Make them there. Buy them from other people. Sell them there. Secondary marketplace, which is a huge thing we've talked about from Web3, how musicians are going to go into this new world now. Well, when they sell something... They can still make money off it when it's resold, resold, resold in a way you never could before yeah. if 
if you if someone did buy your t-shirt or your vinyl in the early days of your career and then it was worth 500 quid two years later when you've had two top 10 albums you didn't get any of that money when that person sold on ebay now you will so suddenly one of the biggest shop fronts in the world has gone fully in um and it's also the cousin of the biggest in facebook so it's almost certainly going to leak into that they've started testing it in america as we speak are we less than three months away from any Instagram user in the world being able to create, buy, and sell. Uh, by the way, they've done a bit of rebranding things, so they're calling them digital collectibles in an attempt to make <laughs> things um, more user-friendly, but they are basically Accessible. NFTs. Um, they've done a few things like that. Um, they've also taken the hit on the underlying costs that are involved with Web3 ah, stuff for at least a couple of years. I think they've committed stuff. to 2024. Yeah, um, exactly. So they're gonna take the hit on that to keep it up and running. So, yeah, one of the things we've talked about on the show so far, as in the series of shows, is music technology, like any forms of technology, do have their flops. The eight-tape cassette was put in cars at one point in the early 70s, I think, but it didn't didn't take off. So there is a chance this Web3 could flop, but there's also a good chance it's iTunes or it's um, Spotify, and you and I think that. Um, And if that's the case, you want to know it, and it's interesting to see which big companies are throwing their energy behind it. I think we joked last time, you know, most musicians are left of center. Um, Well, now the environmental issues have been sorted. You can't lose as a left of center musician because either you've got this new way Mm. of making a living, do what you love, or a load of rich guys are going to lose a load of money. (laughs) Can't lose. Happiness around. Career happiness or schadenfreude. You're going to get one of the two. And so (laughs) on the last show, we were literally saying that about the big boys. And since... Meta have announced that they're going all in uh, on the Instagram thing. And this particular moment could be akin from going from Napster to iTunes. The under the radar, underground, big with the cool kids and at the other extreme, the really, really geeky kids. <laughs> you know, the two extremes yeah. you often get with, with yeah, the trend. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's gone legit. Steve Jobs has iTunes it. And the next thing you know, you've got U2 songs on your computer without even asking. Like, get out of my iPod, Bono. Um, I think and I think Instagram going all in on NFTs uh, certainly feels like like one of those um, yeah, kind moments. of moments. So it's kind of proof of concept. We one of, I guess one of the themes in the first few helping musician podcast shows has been kind of holding your hand as an aspiring musician mm-hmm. and saying why is this worth it? If you were concerned about the green stuff, that's been sorted. Ninety nine percent reduction in energy usage. If you're thinking is this for real or is it a, a fad? Well, there's so many people of significance putting their energy into it and they you know they've got their lots of clever people doing their research as to whether it's worth it it you know it's looking more and more each week like this is this is worth your time and then from our selfish perspective focusing on socials and web3 the two have now collided and you're gonna be able to sell nfts you're gonna be able to harness that hundred to a thousand fans um via instagram initially they've expanded it from visual stuff to also some to video stuff so, you know, artwork awesome. for your singles, now video clips related to your music can be possible. And we somewhere between assume and hope over the next 12 months, Instagram will start enabling you to sell your music in some way. And then that'll flip into that thing we keep wow. talking about, of feeling like unsigned musicians have an advantage here. Because that's going to be complicated as fuck for a signed musician trying to sell a music NFT on Instagram. Your record label's going to be like, uh, hang on, mate. Uh, hang on. What are you doing there? Yep. Whereas if you're unsigned, you're completely free. I think we need to rebrand. I think it's going to become one of our, our one-liners. I want to rebrand 
being an unsigned musician to being a free musician. Yeah, I think totally. we might have touched on this in a previous show. It's like, are you a, a lonely, depressed spinster who can't get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or are you free and single and ready to mingle? It's kind of the music equivalent. You're not unsigned, which sounds like you know no one wants you. You are free. Yeah. So what I tried to do there was context, technology is an innate part of the evolution of music. We've got a feeling that we can kind of see four main areas where Web3 is going to affect music, because that's the thing we're most interested in, the merch, the ownership, the community, the payments. And we've now just had the biggest moment so far in that evolution, which is one of the top three social media platforms in the world, certainly in the Western world. You always got to remember there could be something in China that's massive and uh, weird. Oh, yeah, it's called TikTok. Um, <laughs> Instagram Literally. have... Uh, are in the process of making it possible to create, buy, and sell NFTs to everyone over the next few months, including a secondary market, which is one of the most exciting things from a musician perspective, is you can make some digital merch and you can make money off it every time it's resold forever. Went a bit military then. Forever, sir. Thank you. Thank you for that overview. I think it's really exciting and I think you've done a really good job of expressing to someone that might not really understand this world, why at least they should start learning about this world or even just be excited about the future when it comes to this kind of stuff. So obviously this isn't this hasn't happened yet. It's meant to be happening in the near future. You just said it's being tested in America. So roll out with is, American creators, yeah. Is there anything that a musician listening right now who's like, well, I want to do it now. I can't because it's not ready yet here in the UK, assuming they're listening in the UK, you know, to yeah. prep. Is it just the classic, like, just go and learn as much as you can? Like, what's the action point right now, if anything? The predecessor of the Helping Musicians podcast, you could say, the No Music podcast, we had we had quite a few examples of musicians who had monetized NFTs and mm -hmm. they weren't necessarily music. They were artwork or middle ground to the music video. Obviously, the music video does contain music. So have a think about what digital collectibles you could sell. Let's say Instagram launched, launched this feature on the 1st of February, 2023. Yeah. Rather than starting to think about it on the 1st of February 2023, could you be one of the first start of your career musicians in the UK with all the PR and promo you'd probably get off that from being first Ready to, go. to have some kind of digital collectible setup um, ready to go? To give you an example, I think the numbers are something like you can have up to 40 different pieces, different types of digital collectible. So let's, let's just use art as an example. 40 different pieces of art. And then you can sell up to 100 of them, which is like your limited edition vinyls numbered yeah, one yeah. to 100. And you yeah, can do yeah. some quirky things with them to make them unique. A lot of musicians do have intrinsically other artistic creative friends, whether it's photographers, illustrators, because, you know, you hang around with like-minded people. So if you're a musician, often uh, hanging around with other, other creative industry types. So if in particular you've got a friendship with a designer, someone who's done all your artwork um, to date, I, you know, you guys should be having a Sunday lunch and thinking about what you could do together because they'll be part of that project and they will make money from it as well I, I assume like what kind of unique artwork project could we do linked to music you no know, could we do an nft linked to each line in one song and a visual interpretation of each song or simpler just an nft visual for each song um you're used to having artwork for the album but this creates an opportunity to do to be more it actually creates an opportunity to be more creative and do more creative things both in terms of actual quantity literally more but also from a difference perspective, doing new things, which you've not been able to uh, do before. I think it's one of the underappreciated, exciting elements of this. You're going to have more ways to be creative 
quite a lot yeah. of people have painted this stuff as kind of cynical. It's more more money of making yeah. money. Yeah, more yeah. ways of you making money. Let's translate That's that into creative. more ways of you getting closer to making a living doing what you love. <clears throat> and I assume you believe yeah. in it. So you see value in it. And it creates opportunities for partnerships, which is really nice because they're actually people you love in your in your social circle, friends and family, you can collaborate with them on projects. So your question was, what can you do now to get ready? What I would be thinking with my um, like music manager hat on is could I be one of the first unsigned artists, sorry, free and single artists in the UK to really go in on this? Because there'll be people looking to buy initially There'll probably be promo around it. You'll be unique and different in a way you won't be six months along the line. Um, there'll be people who'll be interested in you just because you're the first musician doing NFTs in the UK, regardless of whether they like your music. They might actually buy yeah. it. They might think you're shit musically, but, like um, but want to buy your stuff because you're new. Or that's distinct. They might want to buy it just because it's new and first, or they want actually like the art distinctively. On the new and first thing, something we keep talking about, which is going to be really big, I think, is... This technology is going to offer you the opportunity to prove you were first. That ego of, I was at the first gig, I knew they were going to be massive. I think you and I have said the one-liner before. In a few years' time, no one's going to be able to say that if they didn't buy an NFT. People be like, you knew they were going to be massive. So you obviously bought the NFT then, didn't you? No. Why not if you knew they were going to be massive? Yeah. Someone's going to force people to back up their egoy words and their big chat. Um, I'm going slightly off on one then. Your excellent question, the, the really succinct, important question is, what should you be doing now? Well, assuming this launches in the UK in the next few months, could yep. you have, as a musician, a series of artworks available, which you could sell as digital collectibles in collaboration with an artistic graphic designer friend? And we threw a few ideas of, you know, inspired by specific lyrics and songs or individual songs or an nft artwork inspired by the place you wrote the song or recorded the song there's so many possibilities yeah. you know big businesses pay 50 grand an hour for this shit and we can it you for free oh, you lucky lucky listening to you it's just because of those earlobes um those so sexy earlobes. those sexy earlobes also a band name right sexy earlobes. what are we going like metal or like liquid drum and bass what's the I don't know, but the funny thing about you get your, the phrase "get your earlobes out for the lads" is that your earlobes are always out. Put your earlobes away for the lads. Well, I guess there's a good. I've made a hair mistake there. Shocking for a blonde <laughs> man. I guess if you've got long hair, I guess if you've got long hair. Your earlobes aren't always out for the lads. My earlobe. Anyway, I'm, Mark, I'm basically an ear. I'm an earlobe nudist. My ears are always it, out for the lads. Earlobe exhibitionist is another band name. Yeah, we've got a lot of band names today. Shall we? Have a little chat about what new music we're loving at the minute, Mark. What you've been feeling this past week? Well, maybe it was having Charlie on that got me got me in an electronic mood. Plus, um, after having been to a lot of live gigs in October, I've been to uh, a rave or two in the last in the last week. So, um, feeling things on the electronic tip, and in particular, I'm just feeling a bit more comfortable these days about admitting my dark dark secret, which is how much I fucking love disco. Um, and uh, we've been in an era in the last few years where disco and electronic music are making lots of babies um which are so good they make me want to have babies um which wow. is quite a statement because i really don't want to have babies uh, and a couple that really stand out um you know one of the things about 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 house music is you'll often hear it on the radio or something like yeah quite like that and then you hear it in a club and it's it's a transformational experience uh, and i'm yeah. not drunk so you know it's not that uh, two tracks that really stand out for me um 
have been Bet You by Cheney and I Need Some by Vice. If you like feel good, euphoric, I love you, man, house music with a more than a dose, like a, somewhere between a double and a triple vodka of disco and funk in them. Um, I guess you could say the LF system sound uh, of 2022, but maybe a little bit more uh, underground. I mean, if you told me a couple of years ago that a track like that would have gone to number one, classic cliche. Yeah, Bet You by like Chaney and I Need Some by Vice. Feeling it. Feeling them. I love you, man. Feeling you. Well, Mark, I am happy that you are feeling me because it's time for me to tell you what I've been feeling. God, so many of these things are clippable in a horrible context. Please don't do yeah, that. Yeah, there's a lot of innuendo on this show today. Um, <laughs> so uh, for me this week, you know, I'm going to be transparent. Um, I was working with them yesterday and part of the reason they're on my mind is I was listening to the record very much in the build-up to working with them last night. The period Tommy finally dropped their debut mixtape like a week mm. ago as we record this. And I just fucking love it, man. Like, it's just, they've got, similar to actually what we were talking about last week with the Fred Again album, you know, even the slower, softer songs I'm, I'm really into, and that's really not my vibe. But then they've also got just these massive go-off choruses, half UKG, half, you know, liquid drum and bass. One of my favorite things as well is all the debates people have on TikTok of like, what genre are they? I love that you can be an artist and have people yeah. debating what genre you are. Um, yeah. And, you know, What's the again, answer? Being What's TikTok saying? Uh, well, there's a lot of people. It's because they genuinely do a few different genres. There's things that are UKG. Mm. And I mean, to be fair, part of why I love them so much is, you know, them and Pink Panther are so very much a big part of making kind of the pop drum and bass sound of 2022 that's been around a lot over the course of this year. They were like kind of a very big part of bringing that movement forward. And they're just fucking, here's a, here's a one-liner. Pop drum and they, bass has been massive for 10 years. Chasing status, not rudimental. This, well, this new i did say new wave of pop drum and bass and it is okay. i mean the guard the guardian said this as well i think i told you i think it was pink pantheras and Perry and tommy were in the front of their culture magazine saying like the sound of drum and bass uh-huh. in 2022 which is obviously a huge statement but yeah man they uh i mean you know not only transparency in the fact that i was working with them last night thank you for having me guys but also they are going to be on the show in a few <laughs> weeks and i'm sharing their wisdom um lovely humans songs for days understand marketing like the back of their hand and also going to share lots of valuable <laughs> wisdom in a few weeks time so you know i don't think i've ever heard a musician them. bigged up for that understanding of marketing before that is such an ahurdy thing to say um great tunes so yeah. amazing live great people brilliant marketeers <laughs> love the marketing um so yeah so man lovely. honestly just absolutely been rinsing that and then just a very quick one there's this american pop artist that i've loved for a long time called platinum um, and he just makes very LA pop and the lyrics are horrible, but the songs and the melodies are banging. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he just makes me want to go to a party in LA where everyone's very judgmental and I hate myself, but I'm having a great time. And that's... <laughs> that's Sam's dream. That's, <laughs> that's how I feel. Uh, but just aside, yeah. the boy has got... genuinely has got LA every year... Every year, every year for like the past four years since I discovered him, he's like had multiple songs in my Spotify top at the end of the year. So, right, we need to start wrapping up, Marky Boy. As much as I love looking at your beautiful earlobes and chatting to you about LA, um, so yeah. thank you, thank you to Charlie. It makes me want to go LA. Oh, thank you, Charlie. Hot earlobes. 
Uh, thank you for your time, no, Charlie. Just, you don't um, really need the second half of the sentence because everything makes you want to go to LA. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for your time. You also have beautiful earlobes. Uh, thank you to our dear listener <laughs> for being uh, getting through all of this earlobe chat. I have fucking no idea why earlobes are on the brain today. Clearly, I have a fetish I didn't know about. This has been the Helping Musicians Podcast. See you soon. Lots of love. Bye.